Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. What's up, everybody? I love when you accidentally clap at the wrong time. It's the best. So tonight, we're talking about David and Bathsheba, and we're going to add in a few more characters as well. But I got a question for you to start out the night. Have you guys ever messed up? I want you to raise your hand if you've ever messed up. Like, done something so dumb, so dumb that you know you will never, ever live it down. Yes? A lot of you have. My guess is that most of you have, and if you're not raising your hand, you probably should, because we've all messed up in some way. You can put your hands down. So... Like I said, we're talking about David, and our buddy David, who we've been discussing this entire semester, has just messed up as well. And it is in this mistake that we see David becoming human. One of the best examples of him becoming human. And it reminds us of where we are as well, because we've all messed up also. We've all sinned. We've all done something in our lives that has put a wall in between us and God. And so we understand exactly how David is feeling, right? When you guys have messed up, you've probably had that, mm, that upset stomach. It just feel, you know you did something bad. And maybe you feel afraid that you might get caught or it's so messy and it just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm sure that is exactly how David is feeling. He is worried that he might get caught because of what he's done. But the good thing about David, is if you remember uh, what his title is, he was a man after God's own heart. And we are people that follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, or in David's case, a man after God's own heart, you know that God will be with you every step of the way, even when you mess up. Which brings us to our main point tonight. It's going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read it to us. God's salvation is greater than our sin. But our sin still has its consequences. God's salvation is greater than our sin, but our sin still has its consequences. God will take care of you. He took care of David. So we know that. But sometimes when we sin, it still has consequences. It may not be as bad as what David is about to experience, about what we're about to hear. But when something is standing between you and God, it's a big deal. And sometimes consequences follow. So before we hear the rest of David's story, I want us to take a moment to pray. And I want God to open up our eyes and our hearts and maybe bring to the surface anything that is standing in between us and God. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you um, that we get to come and worship your name. Lord, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And uh, we know we've messed up. But we know that you are with us every step of the way. So, Lord, if there is something in our lives that we know we've done wrong, Lord, help us to think about that right now so that we can experience your forgiveness and your healing. Lord, you're with us. You're mighty. You're powerful. And that's what we need to know. To your sons, let me pray. Amen. Amen. So before you came in here, you had the chance to hear part one of a three-part story. 
So part one was David and Bathsheba. We heard about David's sin and the problem, which is what I titled part one. Now we're going to move into part two, which is the confrontation. But let's do a quick recap. So we know David messed up. He slept with Bathsheba, who was not his wife. It was another man's wife, which was, is a big, big no-no. Uh, big sin, big problem. And then he got into a big problem that oftentimes we find ourselves in, which is we lie to try to cover it up, right? We often lie to try to cover up our sin. And then went another step into this big mess and decided he was going to try to cover it up even further, and he murdered Uriah the Hittite. This is a big, big sin. So I want you to realize how big this sin truly is. So that's part one. Let's move on to part two. And we're going to listen to it from the Bible. And so we are going to pick up the story back in 2 Samuel 12. So let's close our eyes and let's listen to the next part. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There are two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except for one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. So who in here has something that's very precious to them? Like something that you own um, that you never want to lose, you never want anything to happen to. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them the most precious thing that you own. Go. So in our story that we just heard in part two is we heard this guy who has a very precious lamb. And this rich man came in and took the lamb from him. His only possession, the thing that was most precious to him, someone who had a lot of stuff came and took from someone who did not have much at all. Would you guys say that's kind of a big deal? Kind of a problem. So fourth graders, who in here said something they had very precious to them and would like to come up here and tell us what it is? So come on up. I don't, I don't have a microphone, but come on up in here and step up here. So uh, what's your name? Brenna. This is Brenna. Everybody say, hey, Brenna. Yeah. Brenna, what is the most precious thing that you own right now? My Her dog. Who, who likes dogs out there? Okay, a lot of dog lovers. Um, what's your dog's name? Trigger. Trigger. Oh, Chigger. I, that, interesting. I like that name. Oh, it came with the name. Got it. I love that name. It's a great one. And Chigger is very precious to you, right? How mad would you be? How upset would you be? How sad would you be if I came to your house, grabbed Chigger, took him to my house, treated him very poorly, took food away from him, and maybe even, you know, kicked him a little bit? How mad would you be? Very. She'd be very upset. 
And guess what? I didn't even tell you the best part of the story. I have tons of dogs, and I came and took your only dog. How horrible is that? Does it make you a little mad? Yes. It makes me mad, too. I can't believe I even just told you that story. Everybody give Brenna a big round of applause. Thank you, Miss Brenna. So that is what is happening. That is what is happening in this little parable that a man named Nathan is telling David. Nathan is a prophet, and he's telling David a parable, a story to help David understand what has just happened in his own life. This man came and took, a rich man came and took this other man's precious lamb, the only lamb that he had, even though the rich man had plenty. So what does this have to do with David? Well, let's continue on in the story. It'll be up on the screen so you guys can read it as it is being read to you. Let's continue on in verse 7. Let's see what Nathan has to say. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. I want you to understand how big a deal this is. David, the king of Israel, the one that God chose, has everything. Has anything he wants, is rich beyond measure. And he decided that he needed something that wasn't his, that belonged to someone else. This is a huge deal. And I want you to understand how big a deal that is. And as we're hearing David's story, I want you to remember that time when you messed up as well. Because that's a big deal too. We've all sinned and we all understand that. But we know that our God is truly amazing. We worship a God who's very powerful. And we know that he's always there beside us. This is oftentimes the very hardest part of the story. The very hardest part is when you get confronted in your sin. But it is also the most important part as well. Because when you get confronted... It is the very first step into healing from that sin that you've, that you've done. So if you've ever got caught lying, if you ever got caught cheating on a test, or maybe got caught looking at something you shouldn't have on the internet, you know this is a big deal. And it's very, very difficult. But it is so important because it is the very first step in the healing power of Jesus Christ. David, I'm sure, was not excited to be confronted by Nathan. But what happens next is huge. I want, I want you guys um, to think with me. Um, I was thinking about how, how big a deal this is um, and how hard it is to keep, be confronted when, whenever you've sinned. And it makes me think of, of a dog, actually. So it's funny that she mentioned that. Um, anybody here tried to give a dog a bath before? Or even more difficult, try to give a cat a bath. Very difficult. So a dog... A dog oftentimes gets very, very dirty, digging around in the dirt, doing his thing outside, and it's time for a bath. A lot of dogs don't want to get in the bath. But, and even though that is the most hardest thing for a dog to do, it is a very important part of a dog getting clean, right? And staying healthy. So what is the most hardest for the dog is one of the most important parts of becoming clean, is getting into that bath so that he can be clean from all the dirtiness that he has. And that is what confrontation is. And that is what confession is. 
Because confession is the very next step of the story. So even this is where healing begins, it is also where the consequences begin as well. So we know that he's, David's been confronted. Let's see what David does whenever he's confronted with his sin. So let's pick up the story back in verse 9. It'll be up on the screen. You guys can follow along. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to the one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. Not all of the consequences of sin, not all of the consequences of sin will be that difficult. Will be that difficult. But sin has its consequences. Sometimes they're going to be natural ones. I don't know if you know what a natural consequence of sin is, but I'll give you an example. I saw it about 10 minutes ago, okay? So there was this kid, I won't name his name, out in the lobby. I told him to put the, basket, or the nine square ball down. But you know what he proceeded to do? He decided to uh, hit the ball with another ball. And that ball, guess what? Hit him in the face. That's, that's, what, we call, that's what we call a natural consequence, okay? When you're doing something and something naturally happens to you as a result of, as a result of that sin. So that is a natural consequence. So... That is one consequence of sin, but then there's also, um, there's also other consequences that are sometimes described as instruction or discipline, okay? And these are, these are meant to teach you, and I want you to learn from these. So whenever you mess up, it's okay, we all mess up, but I want you to learn from the consequences that happen in your life, whether that is natural or whether that is discipline, whatever that is, learn from those mistakes. That is what will take you from a failure to someone who is standing in the presence of God. So the consequence of David was pretty big. The child that was born to Bathsheba died. That is a huge consequence. And our consequences hopefully won't be that, that huge. But what's interesting about this story and why I said it reminds me of Jesus is I got super mad when I read this. I don't know if you guys kind of get upset about this, that a child died because of someone else's sin. It made me super mad because I have three kids of my own and I would be so mad if something like that happened to my kids as a result of someone else making a mistake. But it reminds me of Jesus and here's why. That kid did nothing wrong, nothing wrong. But he died as a result of sin from someone else. Jesus Christ, our savior, did nothing wrong. But he died as a result of our sin. 
so that we could be saved, so that we could have hope, and so that we could be born into new life. That is why we come here on a Wednesday night. That is why we read about stories like David and Bathsheba, to understand who our God is and to understand who Jesus is. And I want you to not forget that. God doesn't leave us in our brokenness. And ultimately, he redeems us completely through Jesus Christ. Some things will be healed on this side of heaven, on this side of death, and others will be healed in heaven. God was still with David and he even gave David one of the greatest legacies ever. Guess who was one of David's great, 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 great and several more times great grandsons? Jesus was. Jesus was one of David's great, great, great and several more great grandsons. That's a pretty cool legacy, isn't it? Well, guess what? Your legacy, if you choose, is found in Jesus Christ as well. When you accept Jesus into your life, he takes care of the sin, the brokenness, the death, the destruction once and for all. And your legacy can be found in Jesus Christ as well. So I don't know if you heard it or not, but in verse 13, something very big happened. I wanna, I wanna read it to you guys one more time. In verse 13, here's what it says. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against the Lord. That is the confession. That is David saying, I messed up. That is, that is a huge step in the healing process. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. That's forgiveness. Confession and forgiveness, that's a big deal. These are the next steps of the healing process. After the sin, after the confrontation, we go to confession, we go to forgiveness. And that, that is what Jesus does in our lives. We need to allow God to take control and lead us through any sin, any mess up that we've done. It doesn't matter what it is, God will, God will lead you through if you allow him. But my favorite part is that the story doesn't end here. In fact, part three of this story will continue in your small group time. We get a special opportunity um, to look in the life of David's mind, okay? Or it, we get to see his feelings that happened with this story. David wrote a psalm about what happened here and how God forgave him. It's found in Psalm 51, and you guys are going to talk about that in your small group time. Uh, but one thing I want to leave you guys with is this. Your sin does not define you. Your sin does not define you. If you remember, what is David known as? He's known as a man after God's own heart, right? He's not known as the great sinner. He's not known as the guy who sinned with Bathsheba. He's known as a man after God's own heart. And you too do not have to be defined by your sin. Allow God to define you through Jesus Christ. Allow God to take control, confess, be known, and live in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are so glad um, that you are here with us, that you take care of us, that you guide us, that you lead us, um, even when we mess up. It is not easy to follow you, and oftentimes we're, we're gonna mess it up, but we know, Lord, that you are with us every step of the way. Help us to not be afraid to confess. Help us to not be afraid to find healing. Help us to not be af afraid um, to let you heal our brokenness. Just like David allowed you to heal his. Lord, we know that consequences will come, but through you, we can get through them. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, 
or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.